Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine, fine Saturday matinee to you, Steve Sarmento. Good morning. It's November. It's our birthday month. It's our birthday month. It's a birthday I'm month. I'm so excited. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Do you have your birthday movies all laid out for you for you yet? No. You know what's no. 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 I because I I never know if there's going to be something smaller that shows up at the last minute. So I I try yeah. to 
You like to play that by ear. I, I do. You like to freestyle a little bit. Yes. Yes, I do. And usually okay. it's like Thanksgiving weekend and then it's going to be something like, okay, what is everybody else wanting to see? Because like, oh, Thanksgiving weekend. I'm just, yeah, I'm going off by myself. See you all later. I'm done with you. It doesn't, I know, it doesn't play too well. Yeah. Because your your birthday is is after technically after Thanksgiving is that right? Yes, usually. Yeah, usually right, right. after. Okay, and mine is right before. Uh-huh. Uh, but for the last as long as I can remember, it's been on a weekday, it, and well, so yeah. I just take the day off, and uh, and do my thing. I actually don't know when it is this year. If it's on, you don't know what day your not, birthday is this year. Well, I know what day my birthday. <laughs> For crying out loud! I have to work on my I, birthday this year because it's a mine's a Tuesday, so I'm working, and it's it's fine. It's fine. It's a Tuesday. Yeah. I'm like, I just yeah, I got to go up to the northern part of the state. It's like I'll have gotten everything done over yeah. the weekend, so I'll be all set. Mine is the Tuesday before. Oh, Thanksgiving. Okay. It's also a Tuesday, uh, but I can't remember the last time I didn't just blow off everything on my birthday. That has been the greatest gift of adulthood. It's a hor- horrible curse during childhood. I don't know how, I yeah. my mom tried to have a, I think I was in second or third grade. She tried to have like a birthday party and like nobody came because it was like the Saturday after Thanksgiving. She thought, well, people will, nah, nobody, nobody came. Nobody's that was the last that. time no, she terrible. tried that. And so I was always, no. you know, at my grandmother's house or, you know, some relative's house or everybody was over at our house for Thanksgiving. And my birthday cake was always a pumpkin pie, which was kind of cool. Yeah. So I always had, a, I always, yeah, you know, and then I always knew Christmas was right around the corner. So it's, yeah, works out. Yeah, it's good. My mom, my mom's December 23rd. Oh, that's the what worst. Look at that. That's, that's the just, worst. It's like, that's Christmas and, she, and birthday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she's, she's become really persnickety about it too, right? And she's, she, yes. in her age, you know, once she realized that she got the really short stick, she was like, no, you are not giving me combined gifts. That's BS. I'm not into it. I have a birthday just like everyone else. Christmas season starts the day after. <laughs> yeah. Well, my brother, his is in February. And so it's like everybody's broke after Christmas yeah. still. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, here, yeah, we wrapped it in a paper bag. There you go. Yeah. Here's a collection of bags we bought all our Christmas presents in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yes. Wow. Uh, that's good. Hey, you know, I wanted to follow up on something that we uh, we talked about. A couple of things. I got follow up. It turns out everything I, I that I have too. to talk about is follow up. Okay. I, uh, the, go ahead. The yeah. first is related to a story that you brought to me that I had missed a couple of weeks ago. And it turns out I had missed the follow up too. And that is not only did they cancel Iron Fist, this uh, Netflix, oh, they yeah. canceled uh, uh, Cage too. Oh, I Luke didn't know Cage. that. Oh, I missed yeah, that follow up. Gone. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah. So I we I feel like we had that conversation already, yeah. but this one hits me where it hurts because yeah. I was a big fan of of Luke Cage, and I think that was really unfortunate. But according to um, you know, they interviewed this analytics firm that's been trying to track the data that uh, Netflix refuses to release, right? <laughs> Just straight up traffic data. Yeah. And uh, word is that between the first and the second season. Uh, of both of those shows, they lost over two thirds of their of their viewership, right? Of their just of their downloads, of their views, whatever that, whatever you want to call that in Netflix wow. parlance. And that's a that's a significant drop. Yeah. Um, that that apparently has not uh, afflicted the other two shows. I have not watched Daredevil three. I did just this week finish The Punisher and I quite enjoyed that. And it is, as far as I know, still marked as, you know, 
uh, coming back at some point. So who knows when? But I thought John Bernthal was great. See, and I'm, uh, I'm so far behind. And I, it's they're creating their own problem. The market is flooded. People have enough room for for their Marvel shows, but then they keep cranking out other content as well. And it's like, well, I can watch another superhero series, or I can watch this other new thing. But yeah, you know, I I. No, I'm not a big fan of horror. I don't know if I'm going to do this haunted house hill Shirley Jackson thing, but it, apparently it's like the creepiest, scariest thing out there. Yeah. And I know that's gotten a lot of eyeballs on it. So yeah, if you were going to put that out there, you're going to lose it somewhere else because unless Netflix creates a time travel machine that allows you to enter the Blot Nelson zone where you can watch more than 24 hours of movies in a day, no, they won't have their that. content is going to exceed the eyeballs and they're, you know, I don't know what, if their subscriptions, you know, if people are increasing that as much as the content they are, they're going to hit. If I graph it, if I was the analytics firm, how many people and how many hours and how much hours of original content is on there? And those things are going to cross. And at some point, it's like there's not enough eyeballs to watch everything they're making. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, true. But, you know, far be it for me to curse a thriving uh, oh, creative economy. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's I, I love. It, but uh, it is hard. Uh, we watched uh, the Joel McHale show when he uh, he did what a season yeah. of that. And I remember at one point he said, you know, this was last week or since this is on Netflix 13 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. That's about right. That's the great thing. Yeah, I made, you know not get around everything in three years from now just binge everything so you know i use this is i I don't know for for what it's worth if there are those in there uh in in our community who need a way to track all the television that they watch uh because we have letterbox for movies but do you use anything to track your tv no no there there Uh used to be a couple things out there but they you know were one of those things that came and went quickly so there was something i happened to use something okay what do you use I do. Well, there, there's a service, I think it's called Tractor or something that, that you can use. Uh, for me, I use uh, a, an app uh, for my phone called TV Time, and I really, really like it. Uh, you, It's got the whole, I don't know where it's pulling from, but it, you know, it's, it, it pulls the whole database of all the shows that you watch, and even a good selection of YouTubers, believe it or not. And, uh, uh, and so you, you sign in, you set up your little uh, account. I have it syncing via iCloud, but then you, um, you list all your shows and it'll tell you, um, in the main list of shows, here's the show and here's when the next episode is due. For example, you know, you've got, um, uh, um, you know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia is coming in four days. I've got an episode, I've got four days, but I've got a bunch of shows in there. So then you go to this next little smart list, which is the to watch list. And it shows you the next episode of every show you're watching. And as soon as you watch it, you check a little box and it goes into the archive and says, Hey, you've watched this. And then it tells you some really crazy stats of just how much television you've spent <laughs> watching. <laughs> it's very disappointing. I've got straight 164 days 14 hours and 18 minutes or 6081 ip episodes and yet yeah. i have to your point 932 unseen episodes of the shows that i'm currently watching oh, that i or, or want to watch this is not great it's not great oh also i run a movie podcast <laughs> and have a family that you occasionally spend time with i don't know who they are <laughs> okay, I'm looking at this. So for a dollar ninety nine a month, I can become a very important fan. What does that get me? 
Ah, I don't because I'm, I'm looking at it in the iTunes store. And it says in-app purchases, and I'm usually that's like, oh, take the ads off the thing or something like that. But it doesn't quite tell me. But I I do see that it it offers all these great features of what episodes to watch next and. Yeah, what, I don't know that I'm paying a subscription. Oh, the only option that yeah. I have is a tip. Like I can tip the developer. So it's called TV Time. I've got and one. And it, it's a what is the what does the icon look like a for you? Giant yellow T. No, that's not it. Oh, okay. this is a because this, this is, is a different thing. Uh, there's another. Imagine that two apps with the same name. Yeah, yeah. I've never I've never seen that sort of confusion in the app store. It's a it's it's an orange block and it has a little uh, looks like a monitor with a check mark in the middle of it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to put it I'm going to put it in the show notes cuz I have the authority and the power to do that. Okay. Uh, if, in one... case you're interested. But this okay. one I've yeah. used a, a couple of them. This one I really like and uh, and you can use the back end the syncing engine. You can use either iCloud like I do or um uh, tr- the Tracked. Tracked. That's the name of the company of the the syncing service for television it, it's letterboxed for television letterboxed for television. Uh, and then, jeez because so. i've got letterboxed for my movies i've got my letterboxed for my beer and i recently started letterboxing my my bourbon since i got a friend that got me into that so i got all these nice so now it's every time i'm out someplace and i order a beer it's like my wife's like hey, he's gonna do his thing and the phone comes out i take a picture log it and people are like what i'm like hey this way i know if i liked it before Life isn't worth living if it's not cataloged. If it's not cataloged, tracked, rated, you know, right. <laughs> three stars, four stars. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, oh, it's it's a horrible thing we're doing. Well, I'm just saying the TV thing is out there. What I really like about it is you can go to seasons that of shows you've already watched, and, and you can, if you want to, just remember, hey, I've I have watched I this watch series. That. You can just say, I watch it. Uh, the whole thing is maybe it's a finished series. It's not being made anymore. Yeah. You check off the entire series and you archive it, and then at least it's in your catalog, so you know that you've you've watched it. And don't forget Goodreads for your your, oh, your, for your letterboxing your yes, books. Because around yeah. the water cooler, or it could be like, hey, did you see that episode of Silent Life? Hold on, let me get my app. Let me Hold check. On, let me did, get my phone. Did, did I see if I, <laughs> let me see if I watched that because I can't remember if I watched it. Let me. That was just two That's nights right. ago. Let me see. Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. I gave it three and a half stars. Oh yes. Did yes, not. I did not like the I cold open. Uh, the opening monologue. <laughs> I gave two stars because it, it fell a little flat. Oh, <laughs> I got I got more follow up. Are you ready for my second follow up? OK, this is this is from the good and kind uh, Nick Langdon, who wrote in after our conversation on uh, uh, Filmstruck. And oh, he yes. actually had yeah. engaged with them. Did you see this? This is fantastic. I want to read. No, a, no, no. A I don't think I did see this. OK, let's hear it. He's, he says just on Filmstruck. I emailed them. And, and of course, you got to remember, he's not in the U.S. And this was one of the questions that we had. What's the story with Filmstruck and outside of the U.S.? Oh, yes. And yes. I find this staggering. Just on Filmstruck, Nick says, I emailed them when they launched asking why they were misrepresenting themselves. They were branded for all movie lovers and stuff like that. But buried in the fine print was U.S. only. And they admitted it hadn't occurred to them to offer anything to international audiences. They told me that they were taken aback by the interest and were investigating whether they could expand globally, but had never made the effort to license any of their content for domestic showing. I told them there was great irony in championing world cinema while shutting out the rest of the world. There's people with TVs out there? Or or computers? Out there? Oh my god. It is so painful. So painful. The massive Ego and geocentrism of these services. I cannot, I am, I am stunned 
I know it's oh, hard. That's... It's a hard thing, but we've learned to walk and chew gum at the same time. And so you have to ask the question, why is film struck in trouble? Maybe not directly <laughs> related to this, but certainly related to the mindset that led to this kind of support response. That is just stunning to me. Wow. So for so. people that now I'm, I'm going to check while I'm here because I, somebody did point out to me, I saw on Twitter someplace, somebody was saying, oh, for everybody crying about the loss of Filmstruck and the Criterion, uh, you can check because there is Canopy, which is spelled with a K, K-A-N-O-P-Y, which is a film streaming service that you can access if your library has partnered with them or signed up for that. And they do carry... Uh, I don't know how much of the Criterion Collection, but they do have a significant chunk of it out there. And it's free. It's You just access it if you're public, enter the name of your local public library and I think your library card and to verify your account. And they have apps on the I, uh, Apple TV, Google Play, Roku, Amazon App Store. But I'm looking and I don't... Oh, even Chromecast. I don't know if it is something that's going to be available to the Nick Langdons of the world or if this is limited to US only but for people that are looking for an alternative to Filmstruck or maybe got blocked out because you were outside the continental United States uh, <laughs> this may be something to look into and I can't I've just uh, I'd have to dig in I don't see anything that clearly says available worldwide but it does tie into libraries so I could imagine that universities in other places around the world may, may be part of this network so here's hoping here's yeah. hoping that's a, I, i'll put a link to canopy in the show yeah. notes uh and and just uh, a, a word of grieving to all of our international <laughs> listeners i assure you we uh, in the united states are not terrible people we just sometimes make terrible decisions and we're sorry <laughs> <laughs> so appropriate also, so appropriate this day. Day. i was just gonna say <laughs> so appropriate here. this uh coming yeah. up with a Again, U.S. centric. Yeah. We're deciding the fate of the world on next Tuesday, so everybody pay attention. What we're what we're really doing is trying to protect the rest of the world yes. from our terrible decisions. That's what we're doing on Tuesday. So we're sorry in advance. Okay, we're, tr we're trying to va next Tuesday. It's vaccination day. Trying to protect the world. <laughs> we're trying. All right. the The last bit of follow up that I have, and this is on our. Uh, uh, it, it's a little bit of a well. No, I'm going to hold that. I'm going to hold that because it may actually relate to our lists. <laughs> okay, I have a follow up because because uh, last week you, uh, Andy's going to be so mad at me. But again, that's what he gets for not being here. Uh, two thirds of your list were movies that I hadn't seen, so I did. Uh, I, I watched Police Story based on your recommendation. <gasps> that movie starts out bonkers. I couldn't yes. believe that. Where my wife and I are watching. And she's like, okay, little, you know, sort of town on this village on the side of the hill. And then when the bad guys try to escape and they're just driving cars through these buildings down the side, she thought, are they yeah. destroying an entire village? I said, well, they may have just built that for, you know, the movie, but still completely different from, I think, the way the U.S. does things. Because it looks like they just took stuck guys in cars and had them drive, drive through the actual buildings because by the time these cars got to the bottom... They were not anywhere near drivable condition. It wasn't like no, they weren't cars anymore. No, they, <laughs> they weren't. It wasn't like they come <laughs> crashing through and then a big you know chase through the roads. It's like no, they're just beat. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then of course the the famous mall you know 
scene at the end with so much breaking glass. There was so so much, much. so much glass. It's, that I had a great time. Thank you for recommending that one. That one I'm was so oh, yeah. So glad to hear that. I I'm delighted. But you you know what I'm saying though. After now that you've seen it, like you've seen it. Oh yeah. And, and yeah, what you yeah. what you watch that movie for is not you know the narrative. You watch that movie for everything else. No, exactly. For the sliding down the big metal pole that all the things, all the Christmas lights or holiday, whatever, are plugged into, <laughs> yes. which is he slid down that. And then we saw it from like three more angles. I thought, oh, they did that once and that was yep. it. And we're going to see it multiple times because that's the only footage that exists of that. And that's I, right. I read in the uh, IMDb trivia there, it said that they had accidentally actually plugged it into outlets instead of some batteries. So it was higher voltage that sort of gave him a little bit of a a zap as he was going sliding down that pole. So. Oh my God. You guys, <laughs> the, the trouble you put Jackie Chan okay. through. But see, Andy's going to be mad because you mentioned a movie. I watch it like <clears throat> less than 12 hours later. He's urging me to watch in the name of the father. And it's just nowhere near. And you still the, have it. <laughs> still nowhere near any list that I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy, I'll watch that now. <laughs> yeah. I'll get to it <laughs> someday. It's it's been on the list. I'll, I'll get around oh, to that's it. That's good. Maybe that's it'll good. be part of my birthday celebration. Maybe I I, right. I doubt it. I don't I think I'm going to sit. Hey kids, let's watch this. No. <laughs> well, I applaud you, and uh, I'm deeply gratified that you chose mine over Andy's. Uh, and uh, and I think I think that's it. I think that's all we've got for today. Unless you have any more follow up. Um. No, no, no more follow up she- to anything. Although I, I did see Nick Langdon did post that uh, just this morning about Don Hertzfeld releasing a 4K restoration of his classic animated short uh, Rejected, which is out there on YouTube. And so I urge people, if you have not seen Rejected, to go check that out. It is uh, it's sort of a comedy bellwether in our house with when hannah was in high school she would make her friends watch rejected and his other short uh, wisdom tooth to get a sense of if their sense of humor was compatible with hers and i warned her i said please please don't do that at like lunch on your phone at school because yeah. <laughs> n- that's not appropriate for school please don't do that <laughs> but uh nice i love rejected if you haven't seen it it's uh one of those great saturday pleasures sit down have a laugh I have not seen it. What? I'll add it to the oh, list. it's Oscar. Oh, oh. You, at, when we're done, take whatever six minutes or whatever. Watch Rejected. You're gonna, you're gonna love it. Absolutely on the list. Uh, did you see? Have you? Did you catch Suspiria yet? No, I have opted to see. Go with Andy on. I think is that election night we're going. Maybe it is. Uh, oh, you're doing. We're doing the, the live. For the yeah. Concert, so yeah. it's the it's the film with uh, the the band Goblin the, the score performing it live um, in front of the screening, and so I'm going to do that to refresh my memory, and then see the new one. And then I because I know he just saw the newer one, and so I think yeah. we'll have a we're going to see if we can find some time to sit down, have a little, record a little special episode, and I, th- I think it'll be interesting to see if it makes any difference in our perception of of the new one. I asked, uh, I asked the good Andy if he thought I would like it, and I have not <laughs> seen the original. Okay. And he he says, uh, "Let's see, what does he say? Uh, that it's <laughs> it's possibly the biggest WTF movie I've seen in ages." Wait a second, <laughs> crazy! Wait, wait, wait! Does he not remember this summer when we watched um, "Sorry to Bother You"? Because to me, <laughs> that was 
bonkers. That and if he, crazier. If, if he says this is, oh, I, oh my, Andy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It, he says it's definitely something that amps things up from the original in all sorts of crazy witchy ways. I don't know if it's your cup of tea. That's a gentle <laughs> way of saying, Pete, keep your distance. Yeah, make other plans. Okay. All right, let's let's do trailers. Uh, what do you got this week? Oh, I've got rated K for Kleenex is what I've got. It's, we're getting oh. into that season. But I guess uh, I guess I'm, I'm sort of sticking in my wheelhouse with a movie about, I guess they're teenagers I, it's hard to tell it, the, the description says a pair of teenagers uh with life-threatening illnesses meet in a hospital and fall in love and you're thinking yeah we've seen this where was this five years ago uh it's it's cbs films which you know they i think they're struggling to is find that a thing yeah it is they did the uh, oh gosh they had that one about the american assassin or whatever from like last year that I kept seeing trailers oh. for and kept thinking, well, this just looks like a TV show. Um, yeah, it, I started even reading the book and it didn't, it, yeah. I couldn't stick with it. I couldn't stick with the book, oh, American my. Assassin. You read, you read the Meg. Wow. I did. Okay. Uh, but this one, for me, it feels like a good uh, trailer rewind pick. Uh, and it's directed by Justin Baldoni. And I didn't recognize his name, but he... According to IMDb in his bio, he created the most watched digital documentary series in history, My Last Days, which has gone to raise uh, help for over one million various families and charities. And so he is very just active sort of in the community of creating more positivity in the world and helping people and using film to, to create those positive messages. And this is uh, Five Feet Apart, which is a story of two kids with cystic fibrosis and here's something i didn't know they cannot get closer than six feet from each other because of bacteria and cross-contamination and i guess it can cause all kinds of complications what that seems that seems kind of arbitrary it's gotta be based i questioned science science. i okay (laughs) science we'll we'll get to science a little bit later uh But what uh drew me into this is uh Haley Haley Lou Richardson who i just loved in Edge of Seventeen, if you haven't seen that. And she was also uh, one of the girls in Split. I think she was the one whose birthday party it was at the beginning. Right. And then surprisingly, because I am not an active viewer of shows on the CW, I did not know he was on Riverdale. But I do remember him from The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, Cole Sprouse. Spruce? Sprouse? So it's the, it's the two of them, yeah. yes, and of course he's the the rebellious, you know, one who's going to push the limits, and she's just uh, trying to get by. And a little uh, romance happens, and uh, the, from the trailer, it it looked like something that uh, nice family movie night uh, to sit down and watch. And uh, feeling, I guess, now that we're past Halloween into the Christmas uh, season, since I already saw Christmas lights up on a street. Yeah, uh, not too far from here, on a house uh, to do something a little uh, heart touching. So that's what I'm I'm bringing this week. And you know what? I didn't do. I don't know when this is being released. I don't have a date because oh. you're going to ask me when are we going to see that. I I'm, am, and I'm going to say I'm about, I, I'm about to do know. that. I'm going to say I don't know. Sometime in February, I'm guessing. I bet okay. you that I, I'm going to take a look. I'm going to yeah. Click around you're going to come. You're going to circle back around. I'm circle back. And you're going to let us know when we can see this movie <laughs> because I know you're That'll dying to see it. Because it is, I you know, it reminds me of you know, Fault in Our Stars, and then there was the there was a TV series. Uh, uh, what was it? Red Band Society about a whole group of kids that were stuck, yep. and it has you know, it's 
again, it feels like, yeah, we've done this. Is it going to come back around? Have we already seen this story? But to me, I, I'm a sucker for something like this. And I know, I know it's a trailer rewind that I can get JJ to watch. So I got that. Oh, absolutely. It's got that can, going yeah. for it because I sort of owe him one because of last month's Raw. Um, this is going to be, oh, perfect for spring break, March 22nd, 2019. Well, that actually there seems like a good drop date yes. too, because uh, it seems like they're not, uh, they're not they're not they're not real 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 ashamed of it. Right, they're not burying it in January or, or February. Yeah, so. even though you've really seen this story before, we they really do want you to see it again. Unlike my pick, <laughs> which we've seen before, <laughs> which we've seen before, and nobody really wants you to watch. Uh, uh, so here's a, this here's the deal: it's a remake. Uh, the movie that I'm talking about, the movie is The Upside. Uh, and it's a remake of a fairly recent foreign or a French film called uh, The Intouchables uh, from 2011. And it was inspired as a true story inspired by the life of Philippe Pozzo de Borgio, who was a very, very rich billionaire uh, who was paralyzed. And uh, so he uh, ends up striking an unlikely friendship with a recently paroled convict kept played by, uh, in this case, Kevin Hart. Uh, the billionaire is played by Brian Cranston, also stars Nicole Kidman and Juliana Margulies and Aja Naomi King. And it is, uh, you watch the trailer and I don't know about you, but you've seen this movie before. I feel like uh, this, this is a movie that, that seemed reminiscent of many other movies, whether it was sort of Scent of a Woman or Dead Poets or whatever. I mean, there's there there's a certain sense that you've you've definitely seen this movie before. Yeah, I think I saw this on like TBS in 1996. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That and feel of like it would just always be on. It's one of those things where yeah. it's a it'll have its funny moments. It'll have a sort of attempt at a heart touching ending that will be OK. And there's nothing solid that stands out but what really baffles me is this cast nicole kidman's usually kind of picky about stuff it's not like she just throws her hat in on everything and right i i really don't know what to make of nicole kidman brian cranston kevin hart uh how that happened so i'm well let me let me tell you a little bit more about this okay. movie then and see if you can figure out how this happened uh this this movie uh actually uh was originally released at tiff uh, is September eighth, two thousand seventeen. Huh? Huh? Two thousand seventeen. Oh. But Pete, you're saying, Pete, why are we only hearing about this movie now? Why is its U.S. release date scheduled for January eleventh, twenty nineteen? If it premiered at TIFF in twenty seventeen, yeah. Pete, surely you're wrong this week. Surely this is not <laughs> a great pick. And I'll tell. You, I will just say to you. The Weinstein Company. Oh, yes, Harvey. The Weinstein Company. This is a movie that probably wasn't going to do very well because it just doesn't look like it's great. Uh, somehow they ended up, somehow, Harvey, they ended up uh, in with a great cast in this movie. And that was produced in an era when the Weinstein Company had uh, had uh, some checks to uh, to write in uh, in Hollywood. And then Harvey happened. And this is one of the first movies that was uh, to be released oh. from the great shelving oh, the, uh, when the great Weinstein shelving. Company <laughs> yeah, was uh, was dissolved. And so I think it's interesting for a number of reasons. They are clearly not proud of it. They've slated it for January 11th. Um, it, it feels like it's in a it, it's in a real 
you know, dark days of yeah. of winter to to put this movie. There's there's no reason to really look forward to it. But the the people who have come and gone uh, around this movie. I mean, it was originally a Paul Feig thing, and he had written the script, and he was slated to direct it. And Chris Rock and Jamie Fox and Idris Elba were all eyed for uh, the role of that that's currently being played by Kevin Hart. Colin Firth had signed on for the Brian Cranston billionaire role. Jessica Chastain and Michelle Williams wow. were on, on, on board at one time for the the uh, uh, um, Nicole Kidman role. Uh, Fig dropped out. Uh, Tucker dropped out. Kevin Hart came in with with uh, Dell and and uh, eventually Neil Berger um, uh, was announced uh, as director. And they completely canned uh, Paul Fig's uh, script and came back with a script from Josh Hartmere and. So it, you know, this has been a mess of production, like most movies are a mess at some point, but it's been a mess of production that wasn't helped by uh, Harvey's um, disastrous antics and the dissolution of the company. And uh, so now it's it was picked up again and it's back Uh, and uh, it comes thanks to STX and Lantern Entertainment. Uh, somebody's got a little bit of faith in it, but we'll see. <laughs> Everything I've heard is, please, 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 you should not have remade this movie. The Untouchables was amazing, and you should all go watch the French film. Well, that's so. usually the case. That's yeah. usually the case with these things. And yep, I'm just, <laughs> I love the idea of the great shelving. I can, I can just see <laughs> shopping <laughs> in the iTunes store in the little like collections, like collections the great shelving of 2017 and it'll be five dollars get the great shelving collection because nobody else saw these things nobody else Uh. saw them and and in fact you probably won't either who are we kidding the upside is already coming in from festival run with 4.4 on the imdb six star rating this is not a good movie uh but i find it interesting and i'm very curious about some of the other movies that are going to start trickling out uh from from the great shelving uh so there you go. Well, okay. That's what I got. That's that's what we got. Okay. Uh let's uh let shall we shall we begin? Shall we begin the great list of science run amok? Blinded by science. Blinded by Blinded science. Blinded by right. science. Science. Yes. This was a challenging list for me. Well, I have to say, I I was trying to manipulate the, the list out or manipulate the votes out there because I was really pushing for bunker movies. I really wanted to do some bunker movies. I had a couple in mind that I was excited to share, but it, it went with science. I because I, I voted for everything. And then I figured if it stayed at high, I'll take back a couple of votes so I can manipulate the thing. You. Well, I had, cheat. I had to, I had to can- counteract the anarchism that was going out there of just like keeping it a tie. I'm like, fine, I'll vote for all three of them. And then in the 11th hour, then I'm going to take back a couple of votes. So I get my choice because I can. Man, it's election week. You're going to play those kinds of games in election <laughs> hey, week. I'm, don't you know? From, People don't trust the system. Hey, I'm originally and from you Chicago are not where the slogan better. was vote early and vote often. Come on. <laughs> All right, all, all right. right. Well, I, 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 in honor of your cheating, I think you should go first. <laughs> okay, so this was actually more fun than I thought it was going to be because my initial thoughts were, oh, okay, I'll, I'll go with these movies. And then I thought, well, there's nothing surprising here. The, the whole fun of this is bringing things to people that maybe they haven't seen or they haven't expected. And I thought, I know we've talked about these movies on Discord. 
everybody's seen these. Let me see if I can come up with something different, something a little bit unique. So I, I dug deep. I dug down. I dug deep for my list of three movies. I, I have some backups that I can go to. I We'll see if we get any overlap here. But my first one was uh, is a classic of the mid-80s. It is also from the writer of The Last Starfighter. Oh, interesting. Do you know this one? A high sc- I don't know. A high school student and his friend find a strange orb-like piece of equipment to use as a science project, but must stop it when it begins to threaten mankind. 1985's My Science Project. No, I don't know this You do one. not know this one. This was interesting no. because in the 80s, you have a main character who is like the gearhead of high school. He has like no, he is not a scientist. He's not a nerd. He's not a geek. Our hero is the kid that work, hangs out in shop class and rebuilds cars on the weekend. Uh, and there's a, they're trying to corner him to get some information from the yearbook because, you know, trying to build his profile. And they're like, yeah, how many times have you seen Return of the Jedi? He's like, what? I haven't seen that. So it's, it's like the complete anti-nerd character who sneaks onto a, an old abandoned military base where there's some piece of alien technology that he's going to, he brings and is going to pass off as his science project with his science teacher played by Dennis Hopper. Oh dear. <laughs> this is John oh, Stockwell as Michael Harlan, uh, Barry Corbin as his father. It is just ridiculous fun because this science project uh, powers up, pulls power off the main power grid, opens up a portal to other time zones. So all of a sudden the high school, you've got like gladiators, Neanderthals, dinosaurs, all kinds of stuff running around is that he's got to get back and try and shut this, this portal down. And of course, Dennis Hopper is a science teacher ends up somewhere back in Woodstock and makes a reappearance at the end of the film playing Dennis Hopper. Uh, but it is just well-paced. You have, uh, Oh, Fisher Stevens as his sidekick. Uh, it's, it's pure eighties fun and it is surprisingly rated PG at a, a fun, wow. entertaining PG movie hits right at the six star uh, on IMDb. It is a lot of fun. I found it actually out there on YouTube because I it's been a long time since I've seen it. So I was trying to remember some main story points to figure out exactly if I recalled everything correctly. And it held up surprisingly well. I was really, it, it drags a little in the end, but overall I had a great time revisiting this yesterday. My science project. That's fantastic. It's on the list. And anytime you put Dennis Hopper in a lab coat, it it merits a place on this list. I think. Well, and anytime. I have to say, the writer of The Last Starfighter. So think about, you know, yeah. how much you enjoy Last Starfighter. I'd say it's not quite up to that level, but still a lot of fun and, and does some really unique things that you would not expect from uh, your typical 80s teen comedy science fiction movie. All right. Noted. Noted. Well, I my first pick. Um, I, well, first of all, I have to say I have a little bit of a bonus pick. Uh, I had never seen the movie Battle Royale. Have you ever seen Battle Royale? The two thousand. Yes, uh, with the kids going amok. With the kids. Yeah, I'd never seen <laughs> okay. it, and I read the. Um, Last night I was prepping for the show and I read the little thing and it says, you know, these kids are there. They in the beginning of the movie they're. They're gassed and they wake up in this thing and they're about to take part in an experiment. And I thought, experiment? <laughs> Bananas. This is a great excuse to watch this movie. Yes. And it turns out 
uh, I'm going to say this out loud, and I know within about 30 minutes it's going to be pulled, but the entire English subtitled version of this movie is on YouTube right now. Okay. And so if you're listening to the live stream, go watch it right now because it will be pulled because I've watched it. Oh, anything and that so we I post spent, to, from YouTube yeah, disappears. Anything yes. that we pull on YouTube is pulled. So I, I did. I ended up watching it. It turns out uh, it, it's not a, really a story about science. <laughs> No, there's no science at all. No, but it, I, it's a social I, experiment. It's a social experiment, right? So this is I'm calling this my bonus bonus pick, and I'm only bringing it up because it will be pulled because I've watched it. If you've never seen it, uh, it's worth seeing. And uh, you know, this is that movie that Quentin Tarantino says any movie that's made been made since I've been alive. If there's any movie that's been made since I've been alive that I wish I had directed, it's this movie. Uh, and and so you know, if you're if you're into movies that you know great filmmakers enjoy this is one to watch and i surprisingly enjoyed my time with this film i did not expect to enjoy any of my time with this film and i really did oh yeah it's um, the, so it's the, yeah it's the more gory brutal version of the uh, the hunger games hunger games right well, way, and then you know it was just made again yeah. as the belco experiment yes. you know yeah. i mean it's just one after another but but this was this was a, a great one so anyway that leads me to uh um so i i didn't i didn't pick that okay uh i'm gonna go back to uh, one of my huh, one of my favorites i i really enjoyed this movie when i first saw it because uh, i saw it as a um, psychology undergrad and I was doing uh, experiments on my friends involving sleep deprivation. And we had just gone to be tested in a, a sensory deprivation chamber, an assault chamber um, in New Jersey uh, for the first time. It was my first experiment. And then I saw this movie and I felt like I am home. Because if I can unleash my inner monkey, just like the ayahuasca people can, uh, I'm going to be all a part of that. I'm talking, of course, about uh, Ken Russell's film, oh Altered States, uh, based on the book by Patty Chayefsky. The yes. Great, this is a, a film oh. that is incredibly well written. It is well acted. William Hurt, Blair Brown, Bob Balaban, they're fantastic in this movie. Uh, I deeply enjoyed this film uh, from December 25th. Uh, it released uh, Christmas uh, 1980, a, a real holiday classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has been forever since I've seen this one. It has been forever. Uh, but it's what I need to see again, because I, I saw it, I think, on HBO or Showtime sometime in the mid 80s. Um, and just remember thinking. Uh, what did I what did I just watch? This is crazy. Uh but yeah. yeah, no, you look at the cast, you look at everybody behind this, and yeah, this is I think one of these overlooked classics. Comes in at a six point nine. It does. It does. It does. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's it's worth it. And it marks uh it it actually um uh, marks the the film debut of one young Drew Barrymore. Oh wow. Uh okay. in, in nineteen eighty. Yeah, she's uh she she went on uh to other things. Uh, from here, but uh, which we'll talk about momentarily. Oh, no. I guarantee okay. it. <laughs> oh my! All right, okay. what's your next one? Okay, all right. Um, this is the closest you're going to get to a Woody Allen pick from me, and I'm bringing it to this list. <laughs> and if my brother's listening, he knows what I'm talking about because this this is a movie that oh we fell in love with for so many reasons. Written and directed by Marshall Brickman. Who also, you know, wrote a lot of like Annie Hall, you know, worked with Woody Allen, but this is far from 
Woody Allen territory. Uh, you've got, let's see, uh, John Lithgow. You've got Cynthia Nixon as a young teenager. Uh, what? You've got, oh yeah, all kinds of craziness when uh, a high school prodigy builds an atomic bomb with stolen plutonium to win the National Science Fair and expose a nuclear weapons lab posing as a nuclear medicine lab in Ithaca, New York. 1986, The Manhattan Project. Have you not seen this? Do you, do you, I I know that I have seen the Manhattan. Come project. on, where he's I got the remote control car and he breaks into the lab and steals the yeah. and replaces it with the shampoo. I mean, all this is about you know, sort of corrupt science and you know the the brilliant potential of kids uh, in in the science field. This made being you know into science and tech stuff cool because you could pull off a heist it wasn't about being picked on and bullied it was like if you know enough science you can pull off some really cool stuff uh and then of course the larger environmental message and and all of that uh but for me when i think about sticking with blinded by science of sometimes you know science develops in a way that we we don't ask why but we just think hey we can make some money off of this and create dangerous things and and you know smart teenagers can point out our flaws so that's Oh my gosh, I love this movie so much. And just, it's one of these that it's not available streaming anywhere. You're going to have to find it on, on disc through like Netflix or Amazon, uh, at a used bookstore, find it on DVD or something, but uh, just love this movie works so well, such smart writing. And, uh, as a, as a teenager watching this and saying, yeah, I, I, I could do this stuff. This is fun. This is cool. I love science. Yeah. Hey, can I ask you what may be a leading question? Yeah. Uh, does does your number one movie also end in project? No. No, it does not. You've got My Science Project and The Manhattan Project. No. And I wondered, are you going to be cheeky enough to actually give us a number one that ends in project? <laughs> no. I would like that. That would satisfy me. <laughs> I am not, unfortunately. Well, my second pick... Uh, does not involve projects, but it does involve Drew Barrymore. See? <laughs> okay. That was foreshadowing what I did before. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, oh, no. This uh, this movie is, you know, this is one of those movies. I put this in there. Uh, oh, geez. It, it, there's a category of these movies that I had a crush on, right? That I just, I really was crushing on this movie and poltergeist when i was a kid and like these are movies that i thought i'm i want to be in these movies i watched these movies hundreds of times on hbo and hotel rooms whenever we traveled they were on i'd watch them every half hour when they kept coming back because that's what hbo used to do <laughs> yes. uh i i just finished the the book the stand by stephen king so i'm thinking a lot about stephen king oh, and yeah. so when this this came on uh, when this list came up. I thought, well, this is obviously going to be in my list because I crush on this movie. It's a story of uh, uh, one Andy McGee and his wife Vicky, and uh, played by Heather Locklear, may be it, it have impacted my crush on this movie. In, I'm, just, <laughs> yeah. I'm an, I was an idiot kid. What are you going to do? Uh, and uh, it also stars the young Drew Barrymore as Charlie in Firestarter. Uh, these, Andy and Vicky had been given uh, doses of this hallucinogen <laughs> that, they, that gave them telepathic abilities, and their daughter now can start fires with her mind. Uh, this is all thanks to the very aptly named Department of Scientific Intelligence, <laughs> uh, and that's what makes it science. 
And uh, and so it's a chaser movie. It's uh, you're going to be abducted by the shop and uh, then you're going to start fires and kill a bunch of people with your accidental fires and science run amok. Look, metaphor for science is fire. It's dangerous. <laughs> and uh, so that's it. That's Firestarter 1984. If you've never seen it, it's it's a rollicking, rollicking good time. Uh, it also, it's, you know, it was 1984 fire movie. So yeah. take it with a grain of salt. So. Pete, I'm going to ask you a question, and it may be a leading question. Is your okay. next movie going to involve people taking hallucinogens? Because you've got Altered States, and you've got Firestarter, <laughs> and they both feature people taking hallucinogens. It may. <laughs> so, science is only bad when you're doped up on drugs. Kids, if the 80s taught us anything, it's just say no. This is your brain. This is your science brain on drugs. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, Steve. What's your first number one pick? My number one science nerd geeky movie. Uh, I'm still in the 80s. I can't get out of the 80s. There, there was something about 1985, 1986, the age I was, cable TV, movies about science and making it fun. And to me, it all culminates in a classic of university nerds that are working on a project that is being turned into a military weapon and they decide they're not going to let that happen and they're going to take things back with a giant ball of popcorn at the end. Val Kilmer, real genius, 1985. Let's, let's have the nerds be responsible with their science. <laughs> you know, because if I have to have science, I have to have Val Kilmer. I have to have real genius. There we go. Yeah. There you go. It's a that is a, a fantastic pick, and honestly, it was on my list. If I wasn't so into the dark, uh, darker, <laughs> the dark drug movies, sciences, yes, okay. the darker sciences this time around. Uh, but that is a fantastic pick, and man, if you've never seen this one, you must get it on the list. It's so good. Uh, it's it, or or maybe it's not. I this is one that I don't know if I would want to even risk my memory. Oh no, it uh, it holds up. Is it oh, really no. hold up? Oh, because we watched it with the kids because we said, I don't know, I think maybe three or four years ago, we're like, oh, no, you guys have to watch this. And yes, they're, it's, a, it's a bit dated in, in some things, but still, so many classic lines, great music. No, it, it holds up. All, all, all three of these picks of mine from, oh, more than 30 years ago to me all still hold up because we watched the Manhattan Project. Uh, somehow we found it um, or maybe borrowed it from the library a couple of years ago because I I have to, you know, pass along my childhood or teenage experiences with these movies to my kids and they endure it and put up with me. Uh, but I enjoyed all three of these. Outstanding. Outstanding. All right. Well, I'm I'm going to give you my last pick. And you know what? It, I guess I guess it was a little bit cheeky of me to say that it directly involves hallucinogens. Uh, it, it's sort of, you know, it's a it's a hallucinogenic experience, you could say, uh, Steve, uh, when you decide to make a game uh, out of the experience and experiment of killing yourself. I am talking, of course, about Joe, Joel Schumacher's uh, 1990 film. Flatliners, uh, starring the weirdest uh, little concoction of the Brat Pack <laughs> yes. that you could put together. Kiefer Sutherland, Julia Roberts, William Baldwin, Billy, Billy Baldwin, Oliver Platt, and the Bacon. 
uh, Kevin Bacon. Uh, cinematography by uh, Jan de Bont. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I, I had forgotten that. Uh, this is a movie. It's another one of those movies that I had a little uh, little crush on. This is, you know, students doing things that they shouldn't do uh, when the, the brilliant Nelson Wright decides to, he's a medical student, he decides to, uh, he decides he's going to see what the afterlife looks like, and he flatlines for one minute before his classmates resuscitate him, and then all of the classmates decide to do the same thing. And what comes out of their experience uh, is is a nice little psychological uh, thriller. I I really enjoyed this movie. This was also at a time I think when I was crushing on medical school stories. Like I was a big fan of like Gross Anatomy, and uh, uh, well, it's the only one that comes to my mind right now. But man, I loved that movie so much. And and so uh, you know maybe I was trying to be a doctor at that point. I thought maybe I'd be a doctor, but I was too dumb. And so. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyhow, uh, it was. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this movie. What did you think of, of Flatliners? Do you uh, remember it? You have a good memory of the original, the only, the one and true Flatliners. Uh, we tried watching it maybe last year. When, when was the when was the remake? Was that was that like last year? Two thousand seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because kids were interested, in sort of seeing that. I said, well, we should watch the original. I think it was on Hulu. And about forty minutes in, we were all just like. Uh, this is not it's not really? holding up no i don't know it's, it's i don't know if it's the schumacher style where i'm like so there's some construction at the university so the only place that you can pull your experiment is like in the middle of a museum that made no i'm like yeah, yeah. i was like what is with this uh yeah, yeah it just I, there was a lack of chemistry for the cast i think now i think at the time everybody would go see anything that any of them were in now it just Eh, it it fell a little flat. Oh, Steve, you didn't. <laughs> I did. You didn't. I did. Well, I do. I do have one other little bonus pick that is much more timely. Wait, wait, you get two. Bo- have- you get two two bonus picks. Yeah. Do you have a bonus pick? <laughs> Wait a second. You already had one bonus pick. You had your yeah. extra. No, they got a second it was, one. It wasn't even in the thing. It wasn't even in the thing. This is more of a follow up. Oh, it's a bonus fo- bonus pick follow up. <laughs> no, I, I as I said, my other ones that I was going to bring are all movies that everybody's talked about. Like you know, Contact, Primer, The Prestige. Those are my other like yeah. go to fun science. But we've talked about those, you know. Previously. That is becoming. We're really hamstrung by this yeah. rule that we're not talking about movies yeah. because there are, we've definitely talked about. We've I guess we've talked about all the great movies. Yeah. All right. So we're uh, we're done. Yeah. Everybody. Good night. The hey, that's not funny. <laughs> I watched uh, on Halloween night. What was your Halloween? Did you watch a movie on Halloween? No. I we did not. We hung out in the neighborhood. We always do a little cul-de-sac potluck, and everybody hangs out there. Uh, Emma went off to a friend's and watched the original Friday the Thirteenth. So she was interested in you know checking into some classic horror but uh no it didn't uh didn't watch anything well my my daughter went off and watched drag me to hell with her friends Ooh. and that was truly traumatic experience and my son broke his arm on halloween day oh and uh, so i Fun. spent the day with him getting casted up and x-rayed and we came home and watched a double feature of dave made a maze and uh uh the meg and the Meg <laughs> is what I'd like to talk to you about today. Okay. Is a bonus science pick? Okay. Is a science it is a story of science run amok. You don't want to go through that hydrothermic layer, but oh, yeah. you just have to know what's down there because of science. 
And then you discover what's down there. And when you come back up, you know what comes with you? Nightmares. That's what happens. <laughs> it's like Jacob's Ladder, but with sharks. It's like Flatliners, but with sharks. All of these things. It's the same story. It's hallucinogenic sharks. It's the same story. We got it. Okay. It's hallucinogenic. So let me tell you about this. The, the why this why I still even after seeing it gave it I think three stars because first of all they end up Turtle Tom John Turtle Tom ends up really showing a great deal of restraint in this giant monster movie at not giving away so much of the monster in the first scene. And so you end up with this experience of waiting like 42 minutes before you get some of the biggest, you know, kind of horror sequences. And I thought that was great. Um, that was a great choice. Second, the the final beach sequence, if you're a fan of Jaws, you're going to have to watch this like 50 times to see all of the nods to Jaws. Like it seems like shots, uh, camera angles. Um, yeah, they named the dog Pippin. That is a surface note. Uh, you need to watch the beach sequence of Jaws yeah. back to back with this movie because clearly they love Jaws with this movie and honor it a lot. It's not a great movie. It is not a great movie. And it's not even particularly scary. Uh, but, uh, the, the, the intention of the movie is there. And I will say this. It's better than the book. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not saying you should see it. I'm definitely not saying that. <laughs> but it, you, should, but, you should just listen to this podcast and then go about your day. Well, it sounds like, I mean, I love Jaws. And I think everybody, we just saw there was like a whole side discussion on how much everybody loves Jaws and how well that film still holds up. So I'd say, yeah, on a Saturday afternoon, I'll, I can put on the mag and, and watch and just... I, I can sit back and have fun and look at, you know, the influence of Spielberg's classic on this one and, and take it for what it is. I can do that. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So, there it is. So speaking of drag, drag me to hell. So what you uh -huh. then need to do is you do a little Googling and you can, if you aren't aware of the theory about the film, that it's really about eating disorders. I know there's several uh, websites that have articles that sort of break down how drag me to hell is really about either bulimia or other eating disorders that are an underlying subtext huh. so she may be interested in looking at it that way to see how sam raimi was doing a much smarter film than i think a lot of people thought he was doing so well interestingly i don't think that conversation would last very long because as she tells it she didn't see much of it she had her eyes covered for most of it and <laughs> Oh. she's she's with this group of friends who know that she's really naive around scary <laughs> movies and so they adore watching her watch movies and so i think that's i think that's what was going on okay. here that she was actually being trolled okay. and probably doesn't oh. really remember much right. about her well, movie for, for thanksgiving you guys can sit down and do a family viewing of raw so that might be fun. yeah <laughs> bon appetit yes, everybody exactly. yeah yeah what? uh so now we have to talk about what's coming uh this week yeah, what are, what are uh, you guys doing? I, What's I don't even know. I don't even know I'm, what's I'm, coming. I'm trying to look week. at the schedule, we, but somebody's got a uh, filter to 2019, and I, I, I can't mess around. You don't know how to. You don't know how do, to do you that. You guys do your your little magic on there, and things no, are hidden. There's nothing. No, there's nothing. There's nothing hidden. I'm looking at it right now. Let's see. Uh, oh, I'm looking at schedule so, draft. Oh, there we go. That's yeah. No, that's that, not a that's, thing. That's, that's, look, don't look at drafts. I'm looking at master the master recording schedule. So what just went live this week, which we talked about last week, was Day of the Dead. Oh, yes. This coming week, oh. uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. All right. Uh, also celebrating its 50th anniversary, uh, Sergio Leone's uh, 1968, Once Upon a Time in the West. So you guys have to explain and, this to me. 
because I, I saw this and now I remember it. It's the Once Upon a Time trilogy, which is Once Upon a Time in the West, Once Upon a Time in America, and Once Upon a Time in Duck You Sucker. No, it's Duck You Sucker. How is that no. part of a Once Upon a Time trilogy if there's no Once Upon a Time in it? There, well, okay. So the title of Once Upon a Time, it's not Once Upon a Time in Duck You Sucker. I know that. It's just uh, Duck You Sucker. The title had changed. It- a number of times, oh. and actually, it should be once upon a time in the revolution. Ah, okay, gotcha. That is the That's the other title. In. Okay, but we're doing once yeah. upon a time in the West, which I have seen. Yes, I have seen Outstanding. that one. Outstanding. Yeah, it's been a long time, long time coming on that one. Um, this is it's a western. I, it's a big shootout, movies. epic scale. Yes. Oh my gosh, such a good movie. Epic, epic scale. Yeah. It is a movie about. Uh, it, it's about really the the sort of the death of the Western, yeah. right? The death yeah. of the West, and and um, you know, uh, modernization. It's about uh, it's about discovering something grand, new, and modern that's going to change the world. That could be something oh, like yeah. it, it, world changing inventions. In this case, it's the train, yes, the railroad. Uh, maybe maybe that's something world changing inventions. Yes, what do you think? I I think that's definitely that's got to be one. Okay, uh, so that's one. Um, uh, we've got. We've also got like in terms of our our guys. We've got a guy whose character name is Harmonica. <laughs> Great instruments in movies. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Action excellent. action hero action stars playing musical instruments. No, I don't think we're going to get that. <laughs> um, we have uh, you know we we have some uh how about uh oh oh this is a one of the great great stories of this is how henry fonda got cast is uh you know his beautiful blue eyes his beautiful deep wells to his soul and uh his his youthful demeanor uh cast as the bad guy oh we, oh so can we come up with movies about casting against type casting against type what do you think yeah we also have like an isn't there an epic duel shootout at the end of this I can't remember. Have we? We've. Have we, we've probably I, done. He that. probably didn't do this until yeah. we've until we uh, until after we had done the last Sergio yeah. Leone series, yeah. right? So we probably haven't done great duels. I don't think we have. Okay, great duels. It is. Okay. Uh, anything else? Do we have? Uh, do, did you like casting against type? Sure, I think that that gives us it opens a wide range of movies. I think so yes. too. I think that's good. So, world-changing inventions, uh, m- movies that highlight actors cast against their type, and great duels. Yes. Take that however you see fit. Exactly. I like it. That's going to okay. be a good list. All right, Steve Sarmento. Uh, uh, and I think that's. I think that's it. I don't think we have anything else to talk about. We have run out of all the words. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, d- downloading, listening to this. And if you are, you know that means it's because you are supporting us on Patreon. So thank you very much uh, for your um, continued support. We appreciate doing this with you. Anything else you want to say, Steve? Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. 
Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.